0: Well, it's so good to be back, even if it is hot. I like, one said the Old Testament, I was happy when they said unto us, "Let's go to the house of the Lord." Amen. Yeah. And now, it's indeed a hot evening, and to you, visitors that's with us, you can see. Why Indiana's hard to live down here around in this this swamp? <clears throat> I tell you, it's only ninety-three at that. Ninety-three. So you see, when you get down to around hundred and twenty, like it is in Louisiana and Arizona, you can realize what it is then. How you really get in? If that that was here, we'd just perish. That would be all. But. It's good to be here to put in this time of worship. After I went home this morning, I just felt real, real good about, I believe that many were healed this morning that, that don't realize it maybe to this time, but they'll get well Amen. because the word of the Lord was precious Praise this morning God. to our hearts. I was just when I started to leave, it looked like this walls were almost breathing with the, uh, kind of inflating with the Holy Spirit, so, uh, in here. And I was so happy for that. <clears throat> I was hearing Brother Smith, my friend, pray just a few moments ago, a pastor of the Church of God, Anderson, and Brother Smith has a little track. I don't guess we've given out here at the Tabernacle. If any of you haven't got that little track, you read it. That's an astounding little track. It's absolutely the scriptural truth. Wow. And I've taken uh, many of them to Chicago and different places to distribute them because they are really a truthful, wonderful track. And I know they were wrote from a heart that's loyal and loves God. Amen. No selfish motive behind Brother Smith, just all Christian. Amen. So we are happy to be associated tonight with people of that caliber. Amen. I believe I see my good friend Brother Borders here from from up in California, and um, he's done a great job for me just recently for the Lord up in uh, there beginning the San Jose meeting together. I hope you'll do as good a job on the next one coming, Brother Borders. And I like Brother Borders because of finding him a meek, gentle spirit. Yeah. And I I think that's a great price. I think a man that has that type of spirit ought to be very happy. Yeah. There's so many others in here that I just can't enumerate who they are. I see Brother Collins back there, our brother and then other ministers and our good friend Brother Southman, his family from northern Saskatchewan. Now, I know Brother Evans is here. I haven't seen him as yet, but I've seen his family. And from down Georgia, and there's Brother Palmer there. And from down in Georgia. And, and Brother West, I believe from Alabama, Georgia. Where are you from, Brother West? It's Oh Huntsville. And then... Um, Oh, we're just happy to see all of you in here. And now, <clears throat> brother Lyle back there, Wood from the up in northern Indiana, and his loved ones, and I think brother Charlie here, my old partner, hunting partner from down in Kentucky, second the best squirrel hunter in Kentucky, <clears throat> second the best squirrel hunter. You'll make me pay for that. <laughs> Alright, and his wife and family, and all of you, Christian greetings. Little brother here, I can't think of his name here, and different ones. But you all know that I sure appreciate you coming out tonight to worship with us at the Tabernacle. And now, tonight is an unusual night at the Tabernacle. Because it's question and answer night. And that usually comes about once every year or two, and the reason I do that is to keep in mind what's on the people's mind, so that I'll know just what their questions is. Have everybody just throw a question in and then answer it from the platform. Now in this, I didn't get, I thought it would be very strong, but I got just a very few questions, so it won't take us long to answer them. I was thinking I'd get a whole tray full, but just a very few and very simple. But some of them pertain to doctrines. And in this doctrine, I'll have to answer the question of the people not knowing who they were, because many didn't put their names on the question. And therefore, I'll have to answer it according to the doctrine that we stand for at the tabernacle. And by doing that, and if it happens to kind of cross up a little wire on some of our visiting brethren or sisters, we wouldn't have that done for nothing. We don't believe in anyone fussing over just little scriptural points. We believe that Christ died to save us all, and we're all saved through His blood. But as a church and as a a people's a congregation, we have to have a doctrine that we stand for in order to be a, a church. And this doctrine that we stand for is the best of our knowledge to the Word of God, the truth of God. Now, you have a perfect right to look at it a different way, if you wish to. And therefore, if I someone asked me questions here, sure, a couple of them are rather steep, and I'd a- answer now just the best that I know. Now, here's the way I try to handle a question. A question, if a person can take just one Scripture and could almost make it say anything you want it to say. But the Scripture, every Scripture, is the truth. And it's so perfect until the infinite God who s- spoke the Scripture, it's so perfect that it never has an ending. Amen. So therefore, it will travel from Genesis to Revelations, the same thing. It'll never vary. And then if the Bible is the inspired Word of God, it'll never cross itself up no place. It'll go all the way through the Scripture. Now, many times, as I was rather a little rude this morning in preaching Samson and Delilah and a church and worldliness, but I don't mean to be rude, but I mean to be honest, Amen. just as honest as I my convictions is. Amen. Now, in the Scriptures, them being the infallible Word of God, I believe that there's only one thing that can rightly interpret the Scripture, that is the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe that's it. And the Holy Spirit who wrote the Scriptures and said they are no private interpretation. Therefore, if it will run all the way through the Scriptures, it must be the same Holy Spirit then all the way through to interpret it. But now, many peoples in their churches and their faiths have differences, little something that they hold on to that might be just a little contrary. If they are, just do it like I do when I'm eating cherry pie. I never eat the seed. When I hit a seed, I just throw the seed out and continue eating pie. So that's what you do. I see our sister Wooten has her little baby standing there. If he's hot, sister, and you don't have a seat, I wonder if one of our brethren couldn't take a seat from the inside and set it back there by the fan so sister can have a cool place to sit down. We'd be glad to do that, I'm sure. Any of these brothers, a fan back there, sister, right? Blowing this away, and there's a the seat. If you want to use it, you just go right ahead. Now, any of you brethren that wish to take off your coats, just go right ahead and make yourself feel well and happy. Now, I'm going to ask the body that if they will pray for me, this next week I have to go to California, all the way over there for one night of service. Just one night to preach at the Christian Businessmen's International Convention. But they've advertised it, and we're expecting many thousands of people to be there, and I would not want to disappoint them. And I told them I would come if I didn't be in Australia at this time, which I was scheduled to be So pray for us. Many of you dear uh, pilgrims of this earth, that's on your vacation from your daily task and would like to be in one of the meetings, there will be a three-day service at uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, the Church of God. I think that's the Pentecostal Church of God, Tomlinson Moo, Brother Littlefield, David Littlefield, is pastor, a very fine Christian gentleman. He's a Yankee from the north, from Bangor, Maine, but a real Christian fine brother. And so if you're in your journey and would like to come up, perhaps Monday night will be the dedication of the huge big tabernacle that they built. And then Tuesday and Wednesday night of next week, the Lord willing, not this coming week, the following week, will be healing services, which will be 6th, 7th, and 8th. Now before we open the Word, I would uh, like if we'd bow our heads just a moment for a prayer. Lord God, Precious Father of us all, who brought again the Lord Jesus from the dead and has presented Him to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. After being crucified, died, buried, rose on the third day, and ascended into glory, we're now sitting at the right hand of the Majesty on high ever-living to make intercession, a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, and knows even the tiniest sparrow that would fall to the street, How could he ever pass by the loyalty of his children sitting tonight in this hot building just to hear the word? I'm sure, Lord God, if we didn't even ask that you would pour out your blessings upon them for their gallantry of standing by their post of duty tonight, there are visitors here, Lord. We pray for them and their churches, there are ordained ministers of the gospel, ordained of God, setting present, who is far more sufficient to answer these questions than I. And I pray, Lord God, that you let the Holy Spirit come to us tonight and give us the right things to say that would bring joy unspeakable and full of glory to our hearts as we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, studying the Scriptures without prejudice, without any ill feelings, but only to know what is truth and to worship the truth. Amen. Grant it, Lord, we would ask to bless our dear pastor, Brother Neville who stood gallantly at the post of duty year after year through the hot and cold to herd and to pasture the sheep of the flock that gathers here. Pray that your Spirit be upon him. Help him and bless all that's connected with the tabernacle. And soon, Lord, if it be your will, we expect a lovely big tabernacle standing here on the corner where we can have a school that we might school young ministers and send them to the four corners of the earth to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Lord, we are getting old myself, and soon I must pass the Bible back into the hands of someone else. Help us, Lord, in this effort. Answer our questions tonight by the Holy Spirit as we trust in Him for we asked it in the name of Jesus thy Son, Amen. amen. Now, I know it's awfully hot, but I never like to pass by a question until I think I have did justly before God to answer it. Now, we don't have very many. I never counted them, just a, a very few. But it could be that we might not get to all of them, but we want to, if possible. I'm going to ask this little girl in pink sitting here, come here, honey, I believe that's Brother Beeler's little girl, I want you to take these questions down there and just mix them up. You know what I mean. Just cross one over the other like this, you know, so and then bring them back to me, see. So I won't mix anybody's questions, you know, thinking I just answered one and didn't get to the other one. I wouldn't want that. Just let the little girl just mix it up together, and then we'll just uh, take the ones right off the top and answer them as we come. Now, if there would be, thank you, sweetheart, if there would happen to be a question in somebody's mind, I want to say that I'd be glad if after I've answered your question and it doesn't seem satisfying, then you just raise your hands and answer For I also have here the Greek, Hebrew, both Greek and Hebrew in the original election for information of the words, you see, because some of them are asking words, the Hebrew and the Greek also. And now, the Lord help us as we answer. Let me clearly state it. Can you hear me good in the back? Raise up your hands if you can. That's good. Let me clearly state now that in answering these questions, it's not for any prejudice, but everyone remembers that in the tabernacle, if it comes into doctrine, we have to answer it according to our convictions here, not to cross up your ideas, but to, to bring our convictions and sometimes we nail it down pretty tight. So remember, it's only to make it sure to the the worshipers. Now, the first one on top, oh yes, this is a little question. It's not a question, it's a, well, it is a question. It's someone who would like a private interview with me the first of the week. Now, that interview, I'll tell you how we do that. It used to be that we just at random caught catch can who first this, that, but we got a system to that. And therefore, there's many people who come into the prayer lines that may be passed through a fast line or have a proposition that don't know what to do about it, and then they want to hear from the Lord. Now, they have a perfect right to that. That's what this prophetic gift was given for, is for that, that purpose alone. In the Bible, if they wanted to know anything, they went down to the prophets, and they prayed and sang hymns until God answered. Why, He's not a God that would feed one group and starve another group to death. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, that's what it's for. On these private interviews, when we take a case, I never leave it until I hear from God one way or the other. They come slow. If it takes six months or a year, we stay right with it till we have, Thus saith the Lord. And therefore, they come slow in there's thousands of calling. But we the other day I had a man in there for the I believe it would have been months after months, this man had sought for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a Baptist. But we didn't turn him loose, just let him come. And finally, by the grace of God, on a private interview. Just walked in, he had always wanted to see a vision, what was the matter. And the vision struck and he received the Holy Ghost sitting right in his chair. Then a, a Catholic, recently converted, come down from Chicago the other day, which has been on private interviews trying to get in for at least two years. But on his first interview, 15 minutes in the room, The Lord showed a vision, the reason, and all revealed the whole thing, what He had to do before He received the Holy Ghost. See, that's what it's for. Now, if anyone at any time, when calls come in and they want to see or have those interviews, if they'll call Butler 21519, the office can post you just exactly when... The interview can be. And then state what your interview is for so they'll know how much time to lot it. Then that makes it just and every person. Then if that amount of time doesn't suffice, then we come back to that case again. It's put right on record, and we keep it until we hear from God by a vision or some way that God speaks. So that's how our interviews are kept. Therefore, see when I'm out, the people think sometimes, brother Bram, you don't see the people enough. You can't see the people and be with God at the same time. Yeah, see, God. I got somebody in view, and I'm I'm in the cave or somewhere else praying, and um, and um, I want to see what this says. And a couple of days is up and out. And what's that? Just the doctor wanted to cut that man's heart open. Nothing wrong with him. He just, he, wanted to, he just needed to get out of that that man from Chicago. Oh, yeah. The doctor wanted to oh. take his heart out. Yes. Yeah. That's, this was the man. Gene just put it up here that a man came down from Chicago the other day that the doctor wanted to cut his heart out and cut it open to see what was the matter on the inside. And the Holy Spirit revealed just exactly what it was and he didn't need to be cut open. He was healed. Yeah. So, you see, that means lots. And to show you how slow it comes, I waited myself for an answer from God for a vision for 15 years. God, and then another come and won't have to wait three minutes. See? It's just God answers in His own time. We don't control it. It controls us. (laughs) Now, The second question laying on top is, Brother Bill, can the Lord do effective work through me in a congregation where they do not believe in the spiritual gifts? No name on it. But the person wants to know if the Lord can work with them as they are officiated In a congregation that does not believe in spiritual gifts, I doubt it very much. I'm very much in doubt, dear friend, that the Lord could efficiently work through you because you are linked up among unbelievers. And the Bible said, yoke yourself not up with unbelievers. But come out from among them, and be ye separated, saith the Lord, then I will receive you. I believe if you live in a city where there is a church that does believe in signs and spiritual gifts, and you have them things working on you, I would go to that church where they believe them. And then I might say another thing as I have, usually give, want to give a Scripture. You probably, dear friend, tried your very best to try to get these people to believe. Tried to make them believe. And they simply won't do it, perhaps. Then I'm going to give you a Scripture that I believe that the Lord Jesus would be pleased with us giving. If you've tried, If you've talked to the pastor, if you've talked to different ones, and they completely ignore it, and do not believe it. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6 about such. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and rend you. So I do not believe that I would be affiliated with a congregation who did not believe in the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To believe that he was the same yesterday, today, and ever, when I sit in a congregation and see him working and doing just as he said he would do, I believe I'd feel exactly as justified in telling people to come out from among such. And find you a a good church who preaches all the scriptures and believes them. Amen. Now, the next question is: Is it true that you are not saved unless you have received the Holy Ghost? That could take about a good five hour discussion. On that, when you accept Christ as your Savior and are then ready for baptism in water, you have not yet been converted. You're only believing unto repentance. Conversion means to be changed. Now, to make this efficient, Jesus said to Peter, who had also followed him for three and a half years, and in the book of Matthew, the tenth chapter, Jesus gave Peter power against unclean spirits to go out and cast them out to heal the sick and to preach the gospel. He had power to do this and in St. John 1717, 17, Jesus sanctified Peter through the truth, said the Word was the truth, and he was the Word. And then, at, before Pentecost, he said, "After you are converted, then strengthen your brethren. Amen. You are only taking steps to conversion. As you believe and are acting. Now, I know many of you, my Baptist and Presbyterian friends, disagree with that. Because you go back to this Scripture. Now, here's where I say I have to nail it down, see. You go back to the Scripture, Abraham, Romans 4, believed God and it was imputed unto him or imparted unto him. For righteousness, Abraham believed God, and God imputed it to him for righteousness upon the basis of his faith to believe. But to prove to Abraham, he gave him the impution, that he was imputed from his sins. Then he had imparted him from his sins because he had believed he gave him a sign And there's where you, my dear Presbyterian and Baptist friends, fail to see it. See, he gave him the seal of circumcision as a witness, as a proof that he had received his faith in him. And that's why Paul in Acts 19 said to those Baptist brethren who had Apollos as their pastor, believing the gospel as John had preached it, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You see, they had believed but had not yet been converted. Now, we take the wrong imp- the word of conversion today. We say that a man that's converted is the man that's stopped drinking and everything and goes to church. Or joins the church. He might join the church, but that's no sign he's converted. He isn't converted until his old life is dead and he is buried in Christ and is risen with Him and the resurrection of newness of life. When the Holy Spirit has created in him a living hope of eternal life which only comes through the Holy Ghost. Now, now I know that great scripture. I use it myself. I've got it written here. St. John, the fifth chapter, twenty-fourth verse. It's a pet scripture to me. For Jesus said this: "Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has eternal life." Let me read it, so that of I'll get it just perfectly right. St. John five. And I want you to listen close now as we go into this Scripture. 5 and the 24th verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. He that believeth on me Now the Scripture says that no man can say Jesus is the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. So you cannot believe that Jesus is the Christ until you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're only testifying or saying what the Scripture says, saying what the pastor says, saying what mother says or some good preacher says, but you don't know it yourself until he has witnessed his resurrection to you. No man can call Jesus the Christ until by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, the question is that a man is... Saved, I believe, if he's looking towards Calvary and dies in that estate. Certainly, I believe he'll be saved. I believe he'd go through if he had not the opportunity before. But depends on you go back to the dying thief at the cross. But remember, that was his first and last chance. You got one tonight. Don't wait till that time. Because it might not be that way with you. You might not have a deathbed confession. I'll tell you, they're all right. But they're too much of a chance to take a chance on. Don't you wait for deathbed. You let this be your deathbed right now. That you die out now and be born again of the Holy Spirit. Now, on this next question, now if there's a question on that, just raise your hand. I'll be glad to do the best I can. Can you find any where the apostles took communion after Pentecost? Did Paul mean people do not discern the word? Holy Ghost was the only way to worship God. If you take wine and crackers, sickness and sleep fall on you. Now, here is maybe a place that I believe the dear person that asked this is no doubt deeply and sincerely, and this what they're asking, or they wouldn't ask it. And I, my brother or sister, whoever it was, I answer it just as deeply and sincerely as you a- answered it, or asked it. I want you now to turn with me unto the book of Acts, the second chapter. And with the, we begin with the 42nd verse, the second chapter of the Acts. And we'll begin, as I said, with the 42nd verse. Now, remember, I do not believe that I could say just exactly where the Scripture says that Paul took the communion, and Peter then reached over and taken it, but when they're talking of the congregation that was in whole, everybody. And I do not believe that Paul would preach something and tell others to do that he would not do. So in the Acts we find this, and they continually, steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, Watch. They continued, the whole church, the body, continually steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and conjunction there, see, and in breaking of bread, that's a communion, and in prayers. The apostles, who was the preachers, they continually steadfast in their doctrine of breaking of bread, communion, and in fellowship and in prayer then if that cuts out communion from the apostles, it also cuts out prayer from the apostles. See? Now, just read on. See? And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to every man as every man had need. And they continuing daily in one accord in the temple, that's apostles and all, breaking bread, communion, every time they met, that was the doctrine of the apostles and of the early church, that every time they came together, they'd taken communion. Every time. Now, I know you Christian people who go to the Christian church, the Camelot churches, we know it as, because there's two of them, one's the Church of Christ and the other's the Camelot church. You say we take it every Sunday morning. We got the Scriptures on it. You have a better Scripture on it than the Branham Tabernacle does. The Branham Tabernacle takes it once a month. But the Scripture is that as of as you come together. That's right. That's every time. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. See, each time, the apostles, holding these prayer groups, meetings in the temple, house to house, every time they met, they broke bread, taking the communion. Now, Paul, in 1 Corinthians, we could also read the 11th chapter, where we use here for a, a communion. I might read it so it might be able to help you. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Listen to Paul speaking now. 23rd verse. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night He has betrayed took bread. And when He had gave thanks, He brake it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the same manner, also He took the cup, and when He had supped, saying, the cup now, This is the cup of the New Testament my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till He comes. See? It's a communion. I do realize and do agree that the, the body of the Lord, the living Word, is Christ Himself. But these are symbols just like baptism and foot wash and other ordinances of the church. But communion is absolutely essential for the bread. Now, bread and wine. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Now, the question was asked here, uh, you, taking, you taking wine and crackers... Sickness and sleep on you. See, that I believe that the question is that the only worship there is, is in the Holy Spirit. Worshiping in the Holy Spirit. That is exactly the truth. You have to worship all worships in the Holy Spirit. And Paul's trying to say here that you must be in the Holy Spirit before you do this, or you eat and drink damnation to yourself before you do this, before the order is carried out. Now, to back that up, i got a writing here of Josephus where he claimed that the early Christians after the death of, of Jesus, that they were considered cannibals because they tucked the body of the Lord and eat it and they thought they had dug it up and had tucked it out and was cutting it up by pieces and eating it, which they were taking the communion. See? Now watch. While this Scripture, how Paul says here, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread. Eat of the bread. Now I know Jesus is the bread of life, that's true, but this is a symbol, just like baptism. Baptism doesn't save you Baptism is only a sign that you're witnessing to the congregation that you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It doesn't save you. Water will not save you. It's your faith that saves you. But baptism is an order, and it must be carried out because God can't say, "Be baptized," and then turn around and say it doesn't need to be done. He cannot issue taking communion and turn around and say you no need of taking it. You've got to do it. It's an order forever. "...with God. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body." Now, you see there? comes right back to the Christian that's trying to take communion. that's not in Christ, not fellowshipping in the Spirit. He isn't worthy of taking it, and when he does take this communion, he's eating and drinking damnation to himself. If he's going out smoking, lying, stealing, committing adultery... Or something like that. Or not living a Christian life. And people see the kind of life he's living. And then coming in, taking this order of the death and and body of Christ. Taking into him a symbol that that he has received Christ, the Word in his heart. And taking this symbol in there behind it. He said he eats and drinks damnation to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. Now just in a few minutes, I'm going to get to that same question if we get to it. Because it's the same order of the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Because you are professing something and playing the part of hypocrite with it when you should not be doing it. All right. Let me finish this and then we'll we'll stop. For this cause, many are sick and weakly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for the other. Now watch. And if any man, any man hunger, don't come in. Because in another Scripture here, they were bringing in meat and so much drink and stuff like that. till they were making the Lord's house just a, a place of a of, of feast. And uh, getting drunk at the Lord's table. You remember that in the book of Corinthians here. Yeah? They got drunk at the Lord's table. But Paul said here, If any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation. The rest I'll set in order when I come. See? Now, therefore, I believe that the eating of the cracker... Now, I do not believe that kosher bread should be substituted for a cracker. I believe that it should be a holy, unleavened bread, the type of the unleavened bread that was made in Egypt, and I believe that the blood should not be grape juice, but it should be wine. Grape juice sours and spoils as it gets old, but wine gets better and stronger as it gets old. It never loses its strength, and the blood of Christ doesn't sour and spoil. As it gets older, it gets stronger and better as the days goes by to the believer. And it is a literal wine and bread, communion bread, should be made by people who have dedicated themselves and consecrated themselves to God. I went to a church once where they are taken this old loaf bread or sinners cursing and carrying on and filth and cut up that old bread and stuck it out there with some kind of a juice to drink to me that was that was ridiculous I believe it should be just exactly the way the scripture said it should be not very one speck from the scriptures stay right with it question. Now, Brother Branham, is it true that Satan was once in heaven and was cast out, he and his angels come down to earth? Or is it a vision like John saw on the Isle of Patmos? Why I ask this is I was told that it was a vision. John saw it as a vision. But it was a literal happening. If you'll turn to Isaiah fourteen twelve, Now, these go slow, but to me, they're, they are lessons. And it's something that maybe you think, well, I don't have no need of that now. You just don't know how that Holy Spirit feeds on the Word of God. It's got to have the Word to, to feed on because the Holy Spirit feeds only and only on the Word of God. you believe that? The Bible said so. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. All right. The 14th chapter of Isaiah. And I believe here now we're going to begin at the 12th verse. Let's read now about Lucifer. How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, fallen from heaven, son of the morning, an angelic being from the heavens? How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou didst say in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. And I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north, I will ascend above the highest of the clouds, I will be like the Most high. So you see, it wasn't a vision. Absolutely Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Now let's turn to the New Testament to Luke 10:18 just a minute and see what Jesus said. In the book of Luke, you would have your Bibles now that's trying to get on these questions. Luke ten eighteen, And he said unto them, Jesus speaking, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. See, Satan was the original archangel of God. He once dwelt in the heavens. He once was the greatest person in the heavens outside of God. He was God's right-hand man, the fellowship. And he got puffed up in his heart. And isn't that just the way that people get today? Let God just bless a fellow and put a little confidence in him, And he gets to be a know-it-all. He gets to be, he's got to start an organization. He's got to do something that's different. Why art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? God has a hard time trying to get somebody that he can deal with that'll stay humble and meek and stay in the place until God calls him to do something. You believe that? a man that God can bless and He'll still keep Himself a man. Not be an angel or a God. As soon as man gets blessed and has a little something given to him, he wants to become a God. He wants to become an a angel. He wants to become some great person. What I do, what me, me and mine, all that. That's the wrong attitude. God's hunting for somebody who He can bless and pour out the blessings and the more He bless, the little the man will become. And you'll never get more of God until you become nothing. Amen. You've got to belittle yourself. He that will exalt himself, God will bring a base. He that will humble himself, God will exalt. Amen. You've got to get little before you can get big. And you'll never be big in your own self. You'll only be as big as God will be big in you. Amen. See, So Lucifer is on earth today trying to work in the church to accomplish the same purpose that he started before the foundation of the world. Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. All right. I believe um, there's another thing on here. Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, the 12th verse. Let's see what that says. In Ezekiel 28, 12. And I'm... Sure that by studying this and looking into it, seeing what thus saith the Lord, then we know whether he really fell from heaven or whether he was just a vision. 28 and 12. All right, I believe that's what I got wrote down. 28, 12. All right, here we start. Now, this is a great thing here. I wish we just had time to preach on this a little. For it's really something. Now, as I just got to basing up to this, that Lucifer in heaven tried to exalt himself and even be just a little higher than his boss. And he betrayed Michael and made himself a great kingdom in the north and come down. Now, and he and his angels was cast out. The person asked of the Revelation, that's on Revelation 12, on the Isle of Patmos. But now notice this here at the twelfth verse. Watch how he sets in the kingdom of man. How many people here understand that the devil controls every nation under heaven? The devil controls the United States. The devil is government of the United States. The devil is the government of Germany. He's the government of every nation under heavens. The devil controls every nation. The Bible says he does. Amen. Read Matthew, the fourth chapter. When Satan took Jesus up to the top of the mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and claimed them to be his and said, "I'll give them to you if you'll worship me," Jesus never said you lied, Satan. He knew they belonged to him. But over in the book of Revelation, said, Rejoice, you heavens and you earth, for the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign on earth. Jesus knowed that in the millennium, all the governments and kingdoms will be broke down, and He'll be God and ruler over all of them. He knowed He fell heir to all of it. So therefore he told Satan, Get thee behind me, Satan. For he knew what he had to do. Now listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord on this prophet Ezekiel speaking not to this king, but to the Spirit in the king. Watch this now. You remember this morning when I showed you how in the Scriptures that the church got off the wrong track by taking man's organizations? Same thing, Israel got off the track by denouncing God as their king and wanted Saul for a king. And when their real king came, Jesus, they didn't know him. Because his, his preaching and his teaching was so much different from the earthly kings till so they didn't know him. And today, when the king of the church, the Holy Spirit, when he's here, and He comes into the church to make the people, to be regenerated, to give them new birth. It's so different from these organizations and denominations. So they say, oh, that looks like holy rollers to me. See? It ain't what it looks to you, it's what God's Word says about it. Look on the day of Pentecost, what did that look like? Look at other times when they received the Holy Ghost, what it looked like? Women and men, the Virgin Mary and all of them staggering like drunk men, just reeling, screaming, stammering lips and other tongues, carrying on like a bunch of idiots. But they were dying to themselves, and the Holy Ghost was coming into them. They set the known world afire. What we need today is men who will die out to themselves and rot out to themselves and Burn every bridge behind and surrender everything to Christ. What's the Holy Spirit speaking now to the devil in this king? Look who this fellow was that's governor in this king. You remember what I said this morning? My wife said about the woman up there on them bunch of women, with them dirty looking, vulgar clothes on. See, he said they must not have their right mind. A woman's got a right mind, wouldn't expose herself like that. I said, Honey, she's just an American. That's all. That's custom here. They'll do it because it's a custom. See, they go by their intellectuals. But your intellectuals, if you go by your head, you're controlled by the devil. The devil took a man's head. God takes a man's heart. The devil makes you look at something you can see. say, well, that's right. That's right. Reason. Reason it out. But the Bible lets us cast down reasonings. And by faith we believe things that we do not see. That's what God does when He comes upon the human heart. In the Garden of Eden, the devil took the man's head. God took his heart. That's the throne of God where God dwells in the human heart. And now, if it's intellectually, sure, then a man or a woman that's born of God will act like the kingdom of are from. Hallelujah. That would make me shout. Why? Why? Because when you know that you pass from death unto life, because you hate sin and you love God and you'll stand, regardless if you die or don't die, you'll stand that it's wrong and call wrong wrong. Walk upright before God. It shows that your spirit, the life that's in you, is from another place, where it's holy and pure, virgin, undefiled. And you say, divine healing? Sure, my Spirit come from a place where the divine healer is. We're from a land of divine healing. Amen. Amen. Say, you believe it? God is sure. It's from the land where God is. And we're pilgrims and strangers like Abraham and Isaac. When just the, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit hit them, They went through the land and confessed that they were pilgrims and strangers. They were seeking a city whose builder and maker was God. And now after we've got the evidence of it living in us, how much more should we be pilgrims and strangers? Walking through the world, turning our head from the evil things because we are of another nation, another people. Certainly. Now, watch the evil controls of this world? Now, as we read from Ezekiel 28, 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation to the king of Tyre, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God. Now, what? He's speaking to the Spirit in the king. See? Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Satan, See that? How Satan was the most beautiful of the archangels. Thou hast been in Eden. Now you know the king of Tyre at that time could not have been in Eden. For it was 4,000 years before that. See? Thou hast been in Eden. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Satan and that king. Hallelujah! Brother, I feel religious. When? And then what's these people going to do that blasphemes and makes fun of people under the demonstration of the Holy Ghost? When they make fun of those people, they are blaspheming the Holy Ghost, which is absolutely impossible. Amen. Amen. You're not talking to that man. You're talking to the Spirit that's moving in that man. We ought to honor one another and love one another and exhort one another. Talk good of each other. That's what we should do. Now listen to this. All right, thou sealest up the sun full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou was in Eden, the garden of God. Even precious stones was I covering. Sardis, topaz, diamonds, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, uh, carbuncle, gold, workmanship, all the tablets, all the pipes, was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. There's Lucifer. He once dwelt in Eden. Now we're going to come back to that question in a minute. Lucifer in Eden. Because we've got the seat of the serpent down here somewhere, which is a very ticklish thing. I thought i just hope that's about last. But he was, and the devil was kicked out of heaven, and the very purpose that he tried to purpose in heaven, he came right down here on the earth and trying his best to fulfill that what he purposed. He goes to the kings and to the rulers. and when he can get them, then he comes right down to the church and gets the people, or gets the preacher, Then from the preacher, he goes right into the congregation and getting the congregation under the same influence, the same devil doing the same things. You know you're a Presbyterian. You'll never be a holy roller. You are this, that, or the other. You couldn't afford to disgrace yourself to be amongst them. Why, you know better than to set them on them little old tabernacles or missions on the street. Well, them people's off at their head. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just on at their heart. (laughs) That's all. They're not off at their head. They're just controlled by their heart. God lives in their heart, and they are peculiar people. A royal priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice. That's the fruits of their lips giving praise to God. Whether they feel like it or not. At times I do not see Him, said the songwriter, I trust and give Him praise. Say, well, I'd go to church and... I'd praise the Lord if I felt like it. Well, now, a priest is to make a sacrifice. And you, the congregation, are high priest of God. To make a spiritual sacrifice. That's the fruits of your lips, giving praise to God. You go down and say, well, if I felt like it, I'd go over and testify to somebody. Well, do it anyhow! Amen. If you're a high priest, brother, it's burning in your heart whether you feel like doing it or not. Go do it anyhow because you've got to make a sacrifice. Something that's hard to do. Go do it anyhow. Your spiritual priesthood, a royal people, giving praise to God because God lives in His heart. Now, if you are Satan, you feel that you're just a little better than that class of people. Now, how are you gonna know which one's right? Take it by the scriptures. If a man's born of God, he believes every word God wrote and says he's just as great today as he ever was and he never changes and he's just the same yesterday, and forever. If he's filled with the Holy Ghost, he got the same Holy Ghost to give on the day of Pentecost and makes him act the same way and do the same things. If he's born of the Spirit of God, Mark 16, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. It's true. So He says, I'm a believer and them signs don't follow them. He's a make-believer, not a believer. There's three classes of people. A believer, a make-believer, and an unbeliever. And that's the only three classes there is. A lot of make-believers. There's a lot of real believers. And there's a lot of unbelievers. But if you're a real believer, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. My name, they shall cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. If they should step on a snake, Brother Evans, it would not harm them. <laughs> if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Amen. Oh, that's just as true as God's Word it's true. We've got no business taking anything away from that. Amen. The Bible said, he that will take away or add to this Word, the same will be taken out of the book of life for him. Amen. God is so perfect that every Word must be perfect. And it must run from Genesis to Revelation. It's the same. Every word. Every commandment of God. Now you can make it say something here and twist it up over here. I was sitting one day under a tree with Brother Charlie up there. Brother Woods here. We were hunting down in Kentucky. We were hunt with a rifle. And I, Brother Charlie and Brother Woods had shot their sights in that morning. And about 50 yards, that's hitting a spot about that big around. Big as the squirrels, They said, that's all right. And I went out there. I'd been driving tax at 50 yards. And I missed the squirrel's eye and hit him down the cheek. I said, that's not right. My rifle's out. And then I worried all day long. The next evening I went in early. I shot boxes of shells. It hit just a little bit, half inch to the right. Well, it hit the the head anyhow. So Charlie and them the next morning is up there and the rifle's just a buzzing. Just hitting squirrels, and me sitting behind a tree, rubbing my hands, and oh, what's the matter my rifle? I got so ashamed of myself till I got down on my knees. I said, Lord God, I don't know what's the matter with me. Why did you make me a little nervous where he are? Why would I be this? There's them fellows up there shooting squirrels as hard as they can shoot. They got a mess of squirrels already, and here I'm sitting behind the tree, rubbing my hands, and wondering my my tra- uh, guns not driving a tack at fifty yards. I cried, sat there by the side of the And then the Holy Spirit came, not in a voice, but in a revelation, said, I made you that way for a purpose. Amen. Why? I can't take the Bible saying something here, like the church says uh, the Holy Ghost was for uh, just that group back there, the church says so, and the scripture says, whosoever will. I can't make that hit the target. I can't make Calvinism. Just believe on the Lord, and you've got eternal security. And armenianism that if I just touch, not handle, not taste, I'd like to do it, but I can't do it. Armenianism is too far away from Calvinism, and they both are wrong. I've got to see where they both got Scriptures, but it's got to hit the target. Now, God said one thing in this Bible. It's got to hit the target. It's got to make every ring in that Bible come right straight down to that bullseye. It's got to do it because it's God's word, and He's infinite, and it can't change. Amen. Hey, man, I love that because then you can rest perfectly satisfied that it's God's eternal word. Amen. Therefore, I tried to study it from different scriptures to make it see what it would say. All right, Satan was literally cast out of heaven by Michael the archangel in God. And he was cast to the earth, come to the earth, got into the serpent, deceived Eve, and then has got into man, women, all down through the age on the same thing he started at the beginning. A great big kingdom, prettier than the other fellows. Be governor over all. Know it all. Our denomination is the biggest. It's, pre- it's, um, it's predominant over the others. You've heard him say, well, we have so many hundred preachers in our organization. we got the biggest churches there is in the city. The only one thing that spells is S-A-T-O-N to me. That's right. That means the devil to me. When you get man, that'll break up and organize and break up brotherhood and say they'll have nothing to do with the little church. I've never seen a person too low yet. I've never seen a person too far in sin yet. I've never seen a woman too stooped or a man too stooped. But what? I would go to him and put my arms around him and bring him out of that if I can. Amen. I've never seen a bunch of holy rollers or whatever you want to call them rooting and jumping and hollering or whatever they might do. But while I'd get right in there and root and jump and holler with them to glorify God, that's exactly right. Whether he's black, yellow, brown, white, or whatever he might be. Yes, sir. The Holy Ghost comes on one level that you meet God's requirements. If you ever get it, you'll come on God's level and not your own thoughts about it. Satan tries to make it classical. Some great something, some big something, intellectual. You have to cast down that reasoning and believe what the word says about it. Amen. Amen. Now, here is another one. Let's see what it is. All right. Please explain the parable of the five virgins. Does a Christian sin? Now, the parable of the five vir- or the ten virgins. It is. Excuse me. The ten virgins is found in Matthew twenty-five one ten virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. Now notice. And five of them were wise and had oil in their lamps. Five were unwise and did not have oil in their lamps. While they slumbered, the cry, cry, Come, go meet the bridegroom. And the ones that had oil in their lamps trimmed their lamps. The fire was burning, and they went out to meet the bridegroom. The others come to buy oil. And they told them to go and get from all from those who sold it. While they were going, the bride come and, the, bride and the, white, the wise virgin went in and the sleeping virgin was cast out. This is going to hurt, really hurt. But i just got to say it. I never asked the question. I'm just responsible for answering it. Now, this comes so close to home, brother, so close that I hope it, it helps instead of hurts. Usually have to hurt, as Mama used to when she gave me a whipping. She said it has to hurt before it does you good. Well, that, that is right. See? I couldn't see it then, but I, I see it now. Look, the, all ten of them that went out were virgins. Now, there were ten virgins went to meet the Lord. Now, the word virgin means sanctified. Does anybody know that? Holy, pure sanctified there were ten of them that went out to meet the Lord now remember they had been fallen asleep in one watch two watch three watch on till the seventh watch but these really went to meet the Lord and remember as they went the Lord came that was the coming of the Lord's time not who was in the watch Jesus spoke where some fell in the first watch and some in the second watch and some in... But at the coming of the Lord, they all wakened down. But on this case, it was the last watch because they went out, ten of them, to meet the Lord and five smoked out their lamps and took no oil. Five had oil. Now remember, oil in the Bible is a symbol of what? Can anybody say? Holy Holy Ghost. Then you could be clean and pure and sanctified without having the Holy Ghost. Cleansing is what you are clean. Now, watch. I'm going to take, like, this bottle. And it's laying out here in the chicken yard. And it's all full of filth. I pick it up. That's justification. I'm going to use this sinner. And the next thing I do, if I'm going to use it, I'll have to cleanse it. And then if I cleanse it, what do I do to it? Sanctify it. The word sanctify means clean. Same thing as holy. Holy, may, holy is a Hebrew word. Sanctify is a Greek word. The word sanctify means clean and set aside for service. But then, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, then they are put in service. The vessels, the tabernacle of the Old Testament, the altar sanctified the vessels, and they were set aside for service. When they were filled, they were in service. Now there's where you dear precious Nazarenes and so forth left the mark. See. We all why are you failing? Why did Pentecost run off and leave you? Because you refuse to walk in the light. It's exactly right. See? It's exactly. The first altar I ever and was a precious old Nazarene altar down here, God bless them, good, holy, clean church, but you're so legalistic that you go, you must do this and you must do that, you must do this, and don't realize it's a grace of God and you're called by election. It's not he that willeth or him that runneth, but it's God that showeth mercy. See? God predestinated the church before the foundation of the world. we got a question on that in a few minutes. See? Predestinated the church before the foundation of the world. You cannot, taking thought, add one cubic to your statue. No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. See? See, it was God that did the calling. God that did the, the pulling. God that set the church. Now, now, you say, Brother Ram, that's pure Calvinism. No, it isn't. Now, wait, I don't believe that God takes a man up and just says, here, sure, I'm going to pick you up and all these Baptists and Presbyterians and say, well, I believe on the Lord. I don't have, don't condemn my conscience. No wonder you haven't got nothing to condemn. They say, well, uh, dancing don't hurt me. Drinking a little of sociable drink wouldn't hurt me because there's nothing in there to hurt. Telling dirty jokes wouldn't bother me because, why, there's nothing in there to hurt. But I don't serve the Lord because I think He'd send me to hell. If I didn't, I serve Him because I love Him. Amen. I serve Him because there's something in me. If you go out and say, well, I have to quit doing this because my church don't believe in it, you're just playing the part of a hypocrite. That's right. But if you do it because that you love it and, and it's a contribution to God and something in your heart making the love of God so greater to you than these things, now you're on the right line. But if I didn't drink, smoke, chew, cuss, do nothing else, I'd still go to hell. Sure. I joined all the churches and was baptized and had my name on all the books and played a good part and lived a good life. Except the man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. That's right. Now these virgins, ten of them slowed up. What stumped the Nazarene people was this. Because the Pentecostals took the initial evidence Uh, The Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. They got him down at the altar and made him say something another over and over until they spoke in tongues. A real true Pentecostal wouldn't go for that. The devil had a lot of things in your Nazarene church, too, see? And he's got a whole lot of things in the Pentecostal church. But as far as the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's the truth. That's exactly the truth. There's a lot of them I know I've heard people speak with tongues. I can't judge. I wasn't sent to judge. I've heard a whole lot of it sound like sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, but I know there's a real Holy Ghost that speaks with tongues. Amen. And I know that's right. Yes, sir. But they've seen the people come in and say, Glory to God, I got it. Well, that's the same thing. Now, don't call them Pentecostals because they jumped up and down and spoke in tongues, and you've seen them out there as somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband. You say, Is that the Holy Ghost? You Nazarenes shouted all over the floor and done the same thing. You said you had it when you shouted. See? There's no way at all that you can prove it, but by your life you live. By their fruits you shall know them. That's the way it is. The godly life in Christ working with you, confirming the words, signs and wonders of following with a godly life, that's the real thing. Uh, You can have a lot of signs and not the life. You can impersonate the life without the signs. But when you see them both together, then that's it. That's the one. Now... And then remember the bride. Now I might finish this if you got just a few minutes time to go on it. Look, a woman is going to cut off a dress. She's got a large piece of goods. Let's call it uh, what calico, gingham, or something other. Some kind of a name that you got. Let's say it's silk. And she's got a pattern, and she looks over this big piece of goods. Now it's up to her. Where she lays this pattern. Is that right? She can choose it from any part of this goods and the whole goods is sanctified. It's clean. See, it's election. God's election. So, what does He do? God takes by election and places this pattern of Christ anywhere He wants to on the goods. Then it's cut out. The rest of the goods is just as holy as this part was holy. But by choice, God made His choice before the foundation of the world. Didn't Paul say? And Corinthians uh, Corinthians 8, uh, I mean Romans 8, that can the potter, uh, can the clay say to the potter, Why makest me thus? Can God, who is just, when He could say to Esau or Jacob, Before either boy was born or done right or wrong, I hate Esau and love Jacob? It's because that by foreknowledge he knows what Esau was and what Jacob was. He knows what's in man. Before the foundation of the world, he knows, he If you could explain the word of infant, While well, the word infant... I say there's been a hundred billion tons of gnats in the world. That wouldn't start it. A hundred billion tons of gnats in the world. And each one of them has batted their eyes a hundred trillion billion times. And not one of them ever abandoned their eye but what God knoweth before the foundation of the world. That's infinite. <laughs> That's something on the word of infinite. He is infinite. So before the foundation of the world, He knowed just exactly what you would do. And He sent Christ, not just to be, if somebody, well, if I just quit my meanness and follow Him, or something like that, that isn't it. He knowed who would be saved, so He sent Christ to say that what He foresaw would be saved. That's exactly right. Now, the church itself has eternal security. If you're in the church, you're secured with the church. But when you go out of the church, you're not secured. Now, you stay in the church. How do you get in the church? Joining hands? Writing your name on a book? By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body. That's the church. How? Through Holy Ghost baptism, we are sealed in the body of Christ. How long? Until the day of your redemption. Ephesians 4.30 Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of your redemption. Sealed. Away until the day of your redemption. Now, certainly, certainly that's the Holy Spirit. And now, that church was taken up and the remnant of the woman's seed who keep the commandments of God and have faith in Jesus Christ. See? not the bride, the remnant of the woman's seed. Then the dragon spurted water out of his mouth to make war with the remnant of the seed. That's when the Protestant church under the Federation of Churches, which is an image to the beast, which is now being formed, and there will be a boycott upon all churches like this, like we're in a great tax gathering right here now, a dispute trying to say that we're not a church and we've got constitutional rights to say that we are a church. As long as the Constitution stands there, no amendment to that, then we absolutely have the rights. Just as much right as anybody. Our forefathers stood for that. But what have we done? We broke every constitutional laws that they can break. And soon, the Federation of Churches which all the churches and denominations are invited into. And the devil's got in and making worldliness and everything and local church members and so forth like that and great congregations and class and society when the little old church is still dying out are being born again in a mess. Like any birth is. Amen. Still paying the price. Still getting down and dying out. Acting the same way they did when they first got born in the day of Pentecost. Same kind of a church down there. They'll be closed and shut out under the Federation of Churches. It'll be a boycott, like a union or something. You'll either come in or you'll go out. The mark of the beast is on today. And the the seal of God is the Holy Spirit. To reject it is the mark of the beast. Ever who sees the Holy Ghost, that you're supposed to receive it, and don't do it automatically, you take the mark of the beast, because there's only two classes to exist. All that didn't have the seal of God had the mark of the beast. So to receive the seal of God is to receive the Holy Ghost. To reject it is to have the mark of the beast. There's the whole thing. That's exactly right. Now, the bride went up, the remnant left here, and she is the one who come in the second resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection on which the second death has no power. That's right. The second resurrection will be the white throne judgment. Then the church, don't you know, said Paul, go amongst the unbelievers and the lawyers and so forth when the saints shall judge the earth. Mm -hmm. These matters should be judged before the church, not before the unjust magistrates and so forth, but before the church our matters should. There you take one another to the law. God pity a man that will take a Christian to law. Right. Paul even dared them to do it. Now, that's the bride. And there goes the sleeping virgin left on earth the wise virgin goes into heaven with oil in her land. I know we could spend a lot of time on that, but i got to go to hurry to get through this. Uh, do Christians sin? Absolutely no. There is no Scripture where a Christian sins. He cannot sin. I know uh, there's a resentment to that. Well, we'll just go to 1 John 3 and see what the Scripture says. A Christian does not sin. Did you ever see a black white bird? Or a white black bird? Did you ever see a drunk sober man? No. You never did see a sinner saint either. <laughs> There's no such a thing. Now if this gets just a little touchy, you just put a lot of balm in, you know. and It'll, it'll cure up just in a little bit now. Now the scriptures is our absolutely infallible proofs of what we are speaking of. First John, third chapter and the ninth verse. All right, listen to this. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Listen, are you ready? Got your jackets on, the armor all buckled up. Listen close because this is shocking. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. How's that? For his seed, his seed, God's. Remaineth in him, the man. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. Amen. In this the children of God are made manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither that loveth not his brother. How can you have denominations and draw barriers and things like that and say you're born of God? Amen. No such a thing. It's a mock of the Satan. That's right. But a man that's born of God cannot sin. It's impossible for him to sin. Watch. Just let me take this crucifix just a minute. If it will come off of that. Who was the sin offering? Jesus Christ. How do we get in Christ? Who died for us? Christ. What did He die for? our sins. He took my punishment. Is that right? And then how do I get into Him? By one Spirit. We are all baptized into one body. And when in this body we are covered by the blood and free from the judgments, he cannot sin because there is a blood sacrifice laying for him day and night. Hallelujah. He can't sin. He has no desire to sin. If he does if he does do something wrong, he don't mean to do it. The Bible said in Hebrews the tenth chapter: For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, and He is the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. He that despised Moses' law died under two or three witnesses. How much more sore punishment suppose? O worthy, who trod the blood of Jesus Christ under His feet, and counted the brother come covenant worthy, and sanctified with an unholy thing, and done despite to the works of grace. For by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body and are free from sin. And we cannot sin. There is an atonement waiting for us. And if there's still desire in your heart to sin, you have never been baptized into that body because you are dead and your life is hidden in Christ through God and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Christians don't sin. They make mistakes, but they don't sin. Amen. Amen. That's the reason they don't, for He cannot sin. How can I have a... If I go down to the city here, and the mayor of the city says, Mr. Branham, I know that you make sick calls. There's speed limits. The high speed limit in the city is about 30 miles an hour. But I'm giving you permission to run 90 if you want to, because I have faith in you that you wouldn't do it unless you had an emergency call, somebody dying on an wreck. And I'll give you permission as the mayor of this city, that you can run any red light, do whatever you want to, just go right on. How could a little two-bit officer ever arrest me out here making 40 miles an hour in a 30-mile zone? He can't. I cannot break any speed laws in this city. Because why? I'm above the speed laws. Amen. I hope you see it. And when we are dead and God has recognized our repentance, He's recognized our baptism. He's recognized the blood of His own Son, which by faith has been applied. He recognizes His foreordination in order to do it. And has recognized me in Christ's death. And Christ died my place when He was slain before the foundation of the world. My name was put on His book as a Christian. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ died my death. Amen. Christ is my sacrifice. God could not impute to me sin anymore. He's given me the seal of the Holy Ghost as a witness that i passed from death unto life. That does it. Then they that are born of God does not commit sin for He cannot sin. In the Old Testament, each year there was a remembrance to sin. But Christ, by one sacrifice, He has perfected Forever. The worshiper. The the worshiper once purged. Hebrews 10. The worshiper once purged has no more conscience of sin. So you take these people that run into church and jump up and down and shout and speak with tongues and act just exactly like a Christian and run out next year. They've got to come back again next week. They've never come anywhere to begin with. They're only impersonating. For the Bible said that the Holy Spirit seals us into Christ until the day of our redemption. Amen. Hallelujah! That's what makes me rest assured because God promised it. No more sin. The sin questions settled. That's the reason sin looks so dirty to a Christian. That's why women out here with these shorts on look so dirty to a Christian. That's why I'm vulgarity. That's why I'm dirty things. That's why I'm smoking, drinking, gambling, all these uncensored programs on television, all that stuff seems filth. Yeah. Why? You're of a different kingdom. Yeah. You're yeah. born into the kingdom of God and yeah. sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of your redemption. Praise the Lord. He that's born of God commits no sin. For he can't sin. Praise the seed of God is in him and he cannot sin long as that Holy Ghost is in there, it takes every desire of sin away from you. Amen. Amen. You can't sin. There's no more desire. We could take a long time on that. But let's hurry. We ain't going to get through them, I'm afraid. Why do churches who baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and admit women preachers to preach, why do they have so much power and authority? That's a ticklish thing. Now, I know that I'm speaking to people that will different with this. But as a Christian, I must say it. There is no scriptural authority in the Bible for a water baptism in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There never was one person ever baptized in the Bible in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That is a Catholic tradition taught in the 6th century. Sprinkling never was in the Bible for people to be sprinkled or poured, but immersed. If you want to know that, i got both Greek and Hebrew here on it. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter required that man must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is no name. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost... Uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them into the name. Not into the names. In the name, singular. Uh, not in the name of the Father, name of the Son, name of the Holy Ghost, but in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. There are titles that belong to a name. Now, ten days later, Peter said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. See how the extreme Trinitarian idea. See, they try to make three gods out of that. Amen. There's no three gods. I'd like to read that to you out of the original Greek here. The only way they were baptized in Jesus' name was, as the Bible said in the original Greek, was to make them recognize that He was God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is offices of one God. He was the Father. He was the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. It's three offices of three dispensations. The fatherhood, the sonship, and the Holy Ghost dispensation. But Father, Son, and Holy Ghost has one name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every person from that day on was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they found some that was baptized in no name at all. And the original Greek says, right here, and both the Hebrew, that the baptism in the name of Jesus is for the forgiveness of sins. Both Greek and Hebrew. Remit means to forgive, of course. If I remit anything, take it away. To remit it, take it away. But there is no Scripture in the Bible. And Paul the Apostle... Passed you and found some Baptist brethren. Acts nineteen. They were having a great time. They were shouting. They were having great joy and great things and they were preaching, had joy in the camp. Aquila and Priscilla in the eighteenth chapter had visited these people. Apollos, they were Baptists. And Paul went to him and he said, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you have believed? And they said, we know not where there be any Holy Ghost. He said, how was you baptized? I know when the King James says unto what, in the original said unto how. What or how was you baptized? They said, we've been baptized by the same man that baptized Jesus, John. Paul said, that won't work no more. Got to be baptized over again. And when they heard this, they come back into the water and was rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul laid his hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came on him. Now, if that, if Father, Son, and Holy Ghost says here, and the Lord Jesus Christ says here, I can't hit both targets. Amen. It's got to be right. Now, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. That's the last chapter and the last verse in Matthew. If you read a love story and said John and Mary lived happy ever after, who is John and Mary? Go back to first the book. Find out who they are. See who John and Mary was that lived happy ever after. If Jesus said, go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Father's no name, Son's no name, and Holy Ghost is no name, then what was He talking about? Who is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Go back to the first of it and read. I'll quote, at the genealogies of Jesus Christ, 1st chapter, 18th verse, now the birth of Jesus Christ is on this wise. Now watch real close. That post, we go to call it Father. This pulpit, Son. This, the Holy Ghost. Now who is the Father of Jesus Christ? God is. you all admit that? God's the Father of Jesus Christ. That's God the Father. This is God the Son. That's God the Holy Ghost. Now the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise. Matthew 1, 18. When His mother Mary was espoused to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found with the child of the... I thought God was His Father. (laughs) I thought He said God was His Father. Then how can God and the Holy Ghost both be His Father if they're two different peoples? Two different persons. Personalities. Any way you want to place it. They've got to be the same self-person or He had two spiritual daddies. Further Jesus Christ on this one. When his mother Mary espoused to Joseph before she came together, she was found with a child, not of God the Father, but of the Holy Ghost. And this is all done that it might be fulfilled, spoke the Lord with the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. See? And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which is by interpretation? God with us. And his name was called what? Jesus. All right. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now, Father and the Holy Ghost is the self-same spirit. What is ghost? It's the Spirit of God. And what it was, He came on the baptism of Jesus and dwelt in Him. This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased to dwell in. He came down and dwelt in Jesus, and that made Him Emmanuel on earth. So what was the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Certainly it was. So Peter had the same revelation. Now we've got our sights trained in. We're hitting the bullseye. Let's see if the disciples use that kind of a shooting. Every time they come together, every time a is mission, they had to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For it said, there's not another name given under heaven among men whereby you must be saved. It's a false conception of the devil and is no Scripture at all for such. That's right. And now, I hope that didn't hurt. But it's truth. See, it's truth, brother. You can't make that. You can't hit Father, Son, Holy Ghost one place and Jesus the other when nobody was ever baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Every person in the Bible was baptized in the name of Jesus. And those that wasn't baptized that way had to come and be baptized over again before they could even get the Holy Ghost. You might act like you got a lot of power. You've got to follow God's infinite plan. It's exactly right. All right. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is wrong. Now, for women preachers. Anyone knows that's wrong. You don't know more than that. I wish I had time to read that from the Greek, hear what it said. It said, if your women want to do anything, let them ask for husbands, because it's shameful and disgraceful for a woman to even speak in the church. The Greek says that. I mean, the Hebrew. As also saith the law let them be in silence with all subjections to the pastor. See, for it's sinful and disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Wow. anyone ought to know that. And now, which all the way through the scriptures and Timothy and different scriptures they have wrote down here is true. All right. Now, then why do they have power? You say, why does that do? Look, brother, let me ask your sister ever who it is that's asking this question. look, I have seen some of the most powerful meetings amongst the Mohammedans. Screaming, jumping, take a knife and run it right straight through the heart like this and pour water through it in the back, walk through fire with their bare feet, everything else like that. Lay on beds of spikes and and take a sword and stick it right in your mouth and run it right smack down like that. You can take it yourself and draw it back out and blood on it and everything else. Don't talk about them things. See, that isn't truth. That isn't vindicating anything. See, Jesus said... Let me read the Scriptures that God wrote out here to you. Matthew 7, 23. Many will come to me in that day. Not all that saith, Lord, Lord, Amen. will enter into the kingdom. But they that do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, shall enter in. For many shall come to me in that day and say, Lord, have not I preached in your name? Have not I cast out devils and prophesied and done all these other things? You say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I didn't even know you. Yeah. So don't... See, truth can only come one way, brother. Now, I'm not saying that the people who baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ is all going to hell. I don't say that. God is the judge. Let him do whatever he wishes to. But there is no legal scriptures in the Bible for anybody to be baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Paul commanded everyone that was baptized any other way in the name of Jesus to come and be baptized over again in the name of Jesus, and said, If an angel from heaven come and preach any other doctrine, Galatians 1, eight, let him be accursed. Amen. And Paul said, As I have said before, so say I again. If an angel from heaven would preach anything else to you, let him be accursed. Now, that cannot, you cannot make a target hit here and a target hit there. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, say, let them go. They're all right. In Jesus' name, let that go and say, they're all right. There's got to be something. It's got to hit right. God's not an author of confusion. You run that through the Bible anywhere you want to, and you'll find out that it's a false baptism. Then go back to history. And down in the 6th century, when great uh, activists, I believe it was, that baptized or one of the... I would say it was activists. I forget what his name was. That baptized... If you want to get in the... um, the Anonizing Fathers, before the Anonizing Meeting, 325 A.D., they were still baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when the Catholic Church come into power, they picked up the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Never one time from that back was anybody ever baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's a Catholic tradition. Luther brought a lot of it out with him. Wesley brought the rest of it, and we still go to it in the Catholic Catechism. What's called Faith of Our Fathers, I believe it is. On page 144, I think it is. He said they said, "Will any Protestants be saved?" said perhaps some of them they claim to live by the Bible, but they still take the Catholic teaching. said the Bible, the early Catholics baptized in the name of the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we taken solemnity from that and placed it up on the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the Protestants recognize it. said maybe some of them will be saved. Not but that they won't. All right, is there more than one world? Yes. There's worlds of worlds. Hebrews, the first chapter, the second verse. Hebrews, the eleventh chapter, and the third verse. There's worlds of worlds. God created the worlds. W-R-L-E-D-S. Worlds. Is there more than one heaven? Yes. In and 2 Corinthians 12:3, Paul said he knew a man that was caught up into the third heaven. And over in Revelations and so forth, there's more than that. I'm just going to have to hurry because it's, it's time, right now past time for me to close. Be all right, if I just read the rest of these off in this. All right, comment. Will a babe in Christ go up in the rapture? Absolutely. If he's a babe, he's born again. No matter how young he is, he'll go up anyhow. See. Why should Christ appear to me as I was about to take the sacraments? Well, no doubt your heart was just in tune and you was coming sacredly up to God to do it, and that's why he appeared to you. See, that'd be the only reason I know I couldn't say no more than, than what that let's see. If we were saved before the found oh we don't want to stop here, do we? If we were saved before the foundation of the world, were we? Yes, sir. Revelations thirteen eight said that you were saved and your name was put in the Lamb's book of life before the world was ever created. And Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Let me just read that. It won't take me just a minute. And just so you see it, I'm not just, just quoting it. I'm, I'm... All right, here we are. Let's read this. Blessed be the God and Father. Ephesians, the first chapter, the third verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According. Listen according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, as Christ died for us, of course, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to His own good will. Now, in the book of Revelations, I got that here. Let me get it right quick so you you see that. It's never... quoted it I want to quote it <laughs> revelations the thirteen eight. listen to this just quickly and all that dwelt upon the earth whose names upon the earth shall worship him whose names were not written in the book of life of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world that's when it was alright were, were we spirits then no we were not even nothing then, but in God's mind, we were. And He spoke it and it materialized. Jesus was slain before, how many of those the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Why? God spoke it. And when He spoke it, it was as good as finished. And when he saw me, he saw you before the foundation world, we were only figurative in his mind. Then when we come to the world, we were both man and woman, male and female. He separated the feminist spirit from the man and made a woman out of it and left the masculine spirit in a man. When you see a woman acting like a man, there's something wrong. You see a man acting sissy like a woman, there's something wrong. And then he took from the man's side a rib and made a help made out of him, and they two are one. But before the foundation of the world, our names, when the Lamb was slain, our names were put on the book. When in God's own mind, he foresaw us and predestinated us by his foreknowledge before the foundation of the world. Oh, brother, if that wouldn't make the church get up and run through the aisles. Yeah, Think of it. You who are born again before the foundation of the world, God put your name on the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Christ died and sent the Holy Ghost here to call you to eternal life. You have received it. He sealed you. That's the day of your redemption. Hallelujah. Amen. Talk about holding on. It isn't do I hold on. It's did He hold on. Amen. It isn't what I've done. It's what He done. It isn't I quit smoking. I quit lying. I quit stealing. It's He died for me. And He took my spirit out of me and converted me into a new creature. Now, the next question right below that is quickly now, so we get it. What difference is it between body, soul, and spirit? The body is the flesh that you look at. that must rot. It was born by sexual desire of father and mother. It must rot. It's no good. Therefore, in the new birth and the resurrection, when when you're brought forth again... In a new body, it'll be God's creative power that'll speak like He did to Adam and you'll come forth. Joseph said, I'll have a desire. He'll speak and I'll answer him, you see. Now, the body is what you look at. The spirit is what controls you. Your soul is the motive of that spirit or the nature of that spirit. The soul that sinneth, that soul shall die. You're born in the world of a sinful soul. That is the nature of your spirit is sinful. You long for the things of the world. Then the Holy Ghost comes down and baptizes you and changes the nature of that spirit. Then the nature it sets on you is of heaven. Then you profess that you're a pilgrim and stranger. Then you're born from above. You're from above. You're a candidate of heaven. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus with the same body, with the same spirit, only it's changed. And you are your nature, that spirit, is changed from unrighteousness to righteousness. That's soul, body, and spirit. Brother Adam, can any man do the works of Christ unless he is Christ? No. Now, you do you mean, uh, dear person, that's, let me read that again. Can any man do the works of Christ unless he was Christ? That's what it is. Unless he was Christ. Sure. Let's take St. John. Just a minute. St. John, um, the 14th chapter. And I want you to look at this now. If you can catch it right quick. St. So John 14, 12, I believe it is. We'll get it right quick. And look what Jesus said about this. All right. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he, whoever it is, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Amen. If the man himself can't be Christ, but the works of Christ will follow every believer. See? He'll do the works of Christ in any man. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall do. Not I shall do. He shall do. Uh, he shall. Not I. But he believes in me. He confesses his faith in me and dies died out to himself and my spirit dwells in him and he becomes a part of me. Now that don't make him Christ. It makes him part of Christ with the rest of the church. Alright. He is not Christ because that would be Antichrist. You see? He'd be taken away from Christ. But he can be do the works of Christ any believer. Alright, we know that the Blessed Holy Spirit is not given to vain repetition in laying out the Holy Scriptures, so please tell me why the word Holy Spirit is used sometimes and the word Holy Ghost is used at other times. I know that there is a a valid reason for this, and I would like to know why. It's the self-same word. A spirit and ghost is the very same thing. A ghost or a spirit, it doesn't matter. They're just the same self-same. thing. right. Now, we're getting right down towards the bottom now. What is that pillar to follow with you? That's a good one. Christ, the Holy Spirit, It's not with me only, it's with you. It disappeared there. When the Bible teaches that the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, what happened? That was the pillar of fire that followed them. It wasn't the children of Israel that done the miracle. It was the pillar of fire that followed them. Is that right? How many knows that that was the angel of the covenant, the Lord? Well, of course you yeah. know the angel of the covenant. All right. That was Christ. Moses has seen the riches of Christ, greater treasures than that, the riches of Egypt. Is that Right? Alright, then that was Christ, the Logan, the Morning Star, the Alpha Omega. He came to the earth. He was seen many times, and, um, and uh, what we call, I guess, the Theosophy, that was uh, back in the early Testament where they'd seen this in form of man. But he was made flesh, he dwelt among us, and the fullness of God dwelt in him. Alright, right. then he says, A little while, and the world won't see me no more. Yet you'll see me, for I'll be with you. Is that right? To the end of the world. I came from what? God. I go to God. Is that right? Then he came from what? The pillar of fire. Is that right? Then he returned to what? Pillar of fire. When Paul was on his road down to Damascus, that pillar of fire met him and struck him blind. Is that right? And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? He said, Lord, if you notice that capital L means Elohim. Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, the pillar of fire. And here he is in the last days, just before his visible appearance, standing forth his spirit, so dominant and so real until they've taken a picture of it. Here it is, comes into the church, can do it right now. By the help of the Holy Ghost. There can't be a secret on your heart but what I can reveal it. The Bible says, Hebrews the fourth chapter, That's the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word the Word is with God, the Word is made flesh and dwell among us. Is that right? And the Word is sharper than any two-eighth sword. of quicker and powerful than a two-eighth sword. Piercing to the thunder of the bone and the mire of the bones and a discerner of the thoughts of the heart. Amen. Yes. There it is. It isn't me. It isn't you. It's Him. That's the pillar of fire that follows. It's the Holy Spirit, the Lord of Heaven, the Lord God, the Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, He that was, which is, and shall come, the root and offspring of David, the morning star, the I Am, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Wonderful, that's him. You yeah. couldn't find enough time to tell him his name. I'll hurry on this. This is that big one, Brother Bannon. Would you please explain your theory that Eve conceived Cain of the devil? I never said that. I said Eve conceived Cain of the serpent. In Genesis four, once first verse, clearly states that. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from God. Absolutely all life has to come from God. John Dillinger come from God. Adolf Hitler come from God. Every, uh, George, uh, George Whitfield come from God and so did Bob Ingersoll. <laughs> Every person come from God. But what I said is this, and I want someone to just tear it down. See? The Bible said that he would put in Genesis... 3 8, I, the, when the question was asked, when Eve had been, uh, something had happened to her, she met the serpent. Now, the serpent was not a snake. He was a beast, the most subtle of everything in the field. There was nothing. today science is looking for a bone of some animal that connects man and monkey together. The closest they got is a chimpanzee. They can't find the bone. They'll never, because it's a serpent. It's a revelation of God. Watch. The serpent was like a prehistoric man. Something next to God. Or next to man. And that's the only thing. If any other animal would have happened to Satan, would have got on him, the seed would not have mixed with the woman. You can't mix a human seed with any kind of animal seed. It won't work. But this animal that will mix the seed is complete. It's extinct. God turned into a snake. But remember, when said... Why did you hide? Why did you cover yourself with fig leaves? Then they begin to pass the buck as the army is. Well, Adam said, The woman that you give me entice me to take of the fruit. And the woman said, The serpent beguile me. Now what does beguile mean? She be, he beguiled me. And God said, "I'll put enmity between your seed and the serpent's seed. Amen. Seed. The serpent had a literal seed, and it come through Cain. Through Cain come all the smart, educated people down to the Andaluvian flood." And behind that come Abel who was killed and Seth was raised up in his place to represent the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And from him come the humble people, sheepherders and so forth, but the God-fearing people. And Jesus said the children of this world are wiser, smarter than the children of the kingdom. That's right. We can't compare with them. Don't try to put yourself out to be like them. Humble yourself before God. Don't desire to be smart and wise. Just desire to know Jesus and let it alone. For there lays the seed of the serpent today. And people are glorying because scientists and smart men and educated and great scholars belong to their churches. I'd rather have a man that really knows God if he didn't know his ABCs to belong to my church. Right. As long as he's the seed of Christ. The woman's seed, the woman seed, which was Christ, Mary, brought forth the Christ, and the serpent seed, which was Cain, come down to Judas Iscariot. There was both Jesus and Judas incarnate right there, God and the devil. On the cross of Calvary, there was four people dying. There was a thief on each side of Jesus, and Judas hung himself on a sycamore tree, which is a cross. Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. There was one thief that if thou be the Son of God, take us down. The other said, Lord, we do justly. We get punished, but you've done nothing. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. There was a Jesus, the gospel preacher, preaching on the cross. There was Satan going back to hell, taking with him the seed of the serpent, the unbeliever. There was God going back to heaven, taking with him a repentant sinner, the seed of the woman. Certainly. It was not the seed of the devil. It was the seed of the serpent. And the serpent had a seed. The Bible said it had a seed. And it still exists today. Amen. The seed of the serpent. So much. Now, you can ask me another question. If we just had time, I got all the words for you. And um, will you please explain what it means by sinneth not? In 1 John 5:18? My, we're right at it, I believe, here. Maybe turned right straight to it. Maybe the Lord wanted me to read it. All right, First John. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Certainly not. I just went through that. He can't sin. He's born of God. Sinneth not. He can't sin. The seed remains in him. Another scripture you might refer to here would be Romans 4, 8, uh, 4 and 5 to 8. Where God, David, spoke years ago and said, Blessed is the man who God will not impute sin Amen. to. See of course, he does not sin. Now they've got one more, and then that's all. Matt, let's see. Brother Bill, what is the difference between fornications and adultery? Matthew 19:9. 9. Jesus said in Matthew 19:9, 9, "...whosoever putteth away his wife and marries another, except it be for the cause of fornications commits adultery." The difference between fornications and adultery, the word could be applied either way. But to make it clear what he was talking of there... That a woman that's unmarried cannot commit adultery because she has no husband to commit adultery against. It's uncleanliness for her. She has to confess that to her husband before they are married if she's did that. If not, and her husband finds it out later, he has a right to put her away because she took a false vow. For the Bible said, be it well, or, Rachel says, be it well known to you, I have it in mind. If any couples are joined, otherwise and God's Word does allow their marriage is not lawful. I will require and will charge you both as you'll surely answer the day of judgment when the secrets of all hearts shall be disclosed. If either of you know any impediment, why you should not be lawful jarred together, do you now confess it? There you are. See, so fornications is what a girl when she lives unclean, that's fornication because she has no husband. But when she's married and then when she lives like that, She commits adultery against her husband. A woman come not long ago, and She said, oh, I've confessed all that. She was nervous and had a breakdown. and said, I confessed all that to God. I said, you have to confess it to your husband. It wasn't God that you committed adultery against. It was your husband. That's right. And if a man marries a woman and she has lived unclean before she marries him, and then she comes to him if they've been married ever so long, and then she comes to him and says, honey, I want to tell you something. I did run out with another man. I never told you. Jesus said he has a right to put her away and marry another because they're not married in the beginning because she falsely told a lie against him. Now, there's another thing here. Uh, thank you. Please explain 1 John five 16. 1 John 5. We got it right here. If any man see a brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall... Give him life far than that sin, not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for that sin. All right? We go, let's just take it right back and get it right quick. This is the last one. Let's turn right over to Mark, and this will just let's explain it, exactly what that sin unto death is. There is a sin unto death. And you don't even pray for that sin. How many knows that there's a sin unto death? You don't even pray for it. Take Mark, the third chapter of Mark, and as we find the third chapter of Mark, then quickly we shall have this one scripture before closing. Let's go to 3 and 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub. They seen him discerning the thoughts of the people. They said, He has Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils cast he out devils. And he called them unto him and said unto the, uh, to them in a parable. How can Satan cast out Satan? Now, if the devil can heal, how can he do it? How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if I and if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but has an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind him, the strong man, and then he will spoil his goods. How can ye go out into their, into them hearts and find what? See, lest it be of God. Verily I say unto you, all sin shall be forgiven unto the sons of man, and blasphemy wherewith they whatsoever, whatsoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost has never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. That's separation. Because, why did he say it? Because they said he has an unclean spirit calling the Spirit of God that was doing these miracles in Christ. They said it was the Spirit of the devil doing that. Jesus said it is the unforgivable sin. And if you see a man praying, don't pray for him. If he's making fun of the Holy Ghost and talking against the Holy Ghost, you are forbidden to even pray for such a person. You understand it? For there is a sin unto death. There's only one sin. Jesus said, All manner of sin shall be forgiven the sons of man. But the blaspheme, the Holy Ghost, shall not be forgiven. Now people say, Well, blaspheme the Holy Ghost. What is blaspheme? It means to talk about, ridicule, make fun of. Blaspheme. Alright, what did they blaspheme Him? Telling that Holy Spirit that was within Him making him act and do the things that he was doing, they said he's possessed with Beelzebub, the devil. And that's the devil, a fortune teller, in him making him do those things, seeing the secrets in the people's heart and telling Philip he knows where he was at before he comes to the meeting and casting out devils and doing those things. There. He does it by Beelzebub. And he is a devil. And Jesus said, that sin shall never be forgiven. Amen. So that is the unpardonable sin. Never to be prayed for, it can never be forgiven. A man, a woman that does that has eternally sealed himself from the presence of God forever and forever. No forgiveness. Do you love him? Yes. I love him. I love him because Salvation on Calvary's tree. Listen, you've been so nice. And these has been rugged, and they've been a long time. Now, you've been sitting in this church since 7 30, 8 30, 9 30, two and a half hours, sitting in this hot church. You didn't do that just to be sitting there. And I guess 98 or 99% of the congregation has stuck right in their seat since that time. I want to say this. Jeffersonville, I feel this, that it's sinned away its day of grace. I do that. I believe the whole United States has. But I've got some of the most loyalist friends that there is in the world right here in Jeffersonville. I've got people here that would die by me. Now, a hot night like this, the strangers that's in our gates, tell me where a person would sit just to be setting, To hear a person perhaps speaking on Scriptures that they don't even believe the way I'd explained it, but they're reverent and godly enough to sit and listen to it. Long may you live when the stars is turned to dust. Amen. May you live on in Christ Jesus. May God supply everything that you have need of. May He give to you the desire of your heart. If you believe me to be His servant, and believe that my prayers would help you, that the God of heaven, who raised up His Son, Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation of our sins, to die in our stead, may He who is omnipotent, He who is omnipresent here at this building now, may He give unto you the desire of your heart is my sincere prayer for each and every one of you. And in a land where the sun will never light on you again to scorch you, where the hot winds will never blow, I hope to have years, times millions of years to sit with each one of you in the kingdom of God and talk over the eternal things of this night and things how we set together. I mean that with all that's in me, all my heart, I pray that God will give that to you, each one. May His grace be with you. May He heal you of your sickness. May He give to you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I say this now, without any slightness, without if I brought any offense by anything that I said about the seed of the serpent, the baptism in Jesus' name, which those things... Now, somebody says, Brother Branham is a oneness. No, sir, I am not a oneness. I do not believe that Jesus could be His own Father. I believe that Jesus had a Father, and that was God. But God dwelt and tabernacled in this body called Jesus, and He was Emmanuel, God with us. And there's no other God besides this God. He is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Father, the Lord, Son, Jesus, Holy Ghost, Logos, Spirit of God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus Christ. That's Him. And in Him dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I do believe without one shadow of doubt, loving you, and no matter if you remain baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, sprinkled, poured, whatever you will, I pray God with my whole soul and body that you and I will meet in a kingdom of God, and God, if I am wrong, will overlook mine, if you are wrong, overlook yours. But in, by my own convictions of the Scripture to try to make the target hit to be from Genesis to Revelations, I command you to be baptized over again in the name of Jesus Christ if you haven't done it. And if you have not received the Holy Ghost and your life does not feel sweet, no matter if you've spoken tongues, if you've shouted, if you jumped up and down, if you've laid hands on the sick and they recovered, if you have done all kinds of miracles and signs, if you haven't got the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, pace, faith, and all these things in you, then I'll command you and constrain you in the name of Jesus Christ to not cease praying until the Holy Ghost comes on you. No matter how much you've spoken tongues, how much you've shouted, how long you've been a church member, if you've been here, what all you've done will have nothing to do with it until Christ, the Holy Spirit, takes His place in your heart and you're dead to the things of the world and live anew to Christ. God bless you is my prayer. Let us stand now to our feet. Oh, this is a nice congregation. You've been so good, I just hate to leave you standing like this. Little Edith back there has got a birthday. Edith, can I count your... P- I'm going to make Brother Neville put in place. Come here. We'll find out how old this young lady is. 38. 38 years old. God bless you. David, give us a little, mean, Teddy, give us a little card. Happy birthday to you. Lord, if you will. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, you. to you. Happy birthday to you. To you. Happy birthday, Sister Eda. Happy birthday to you. Now, all this congregation joining together never grow old. Come on, all together now. Never No You love him? Amen. Oh, he's wonderful. Just so good, so kind. You got a little dedication of the baby.